Okay, so we're like, we're live now? Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Blah, 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 a podcast about nothing and everything. (laughs) Um, I started this project because I wanted to get out of my comfort zone this year. Like, what's a comfort zone with Trump when being president? Like, what? We need to do everything that's on our bucket list now because we really don't know if we have tomorrow. So I started this podcast to speak to people that I admire, especially women, some men when they not being trash. And <laughs> my engineer is laughing. But I just wanted to release my thoughts, like my perspective, gain some perspective on what it's like just being a millennial. Like it's really hard and people just do not understand it. And I also wanted you guys to not feel like you guys are alone out there with your problems, paying rent, paying bills, especially if you live in New York, MTA being trash all the fucking time. So let's get into these segments. The first segment is something that I just made up. It's called If You're Gloomy, and it's kind of like my pop culture take, um, because I just had a really hard time getting here today. It was kind of trash. Um, I was like arguing with people and then I was like nervous and all types of shit. And so I was thinking like, yo, like I'm kind of gloomy, but like I know there's worse things going out th- going on out there. And then there's also really great things happening in culture right now. So like if you're gloomy, you can always rest assured knowing that Bow Wow is probably somewhere out there still lying. Like you didn't hear about that? Like, he made up, like, this, like, like, <laughs> he made this song called Emotional. The Chris Brown. Yeah, like, the Chris Brown beef that's not actually a beef. <laughs> and he's like, when you need TMZ to verify your words, like, you know you probably trash. And, like, if you're gloomy out there, you can rest assured knowing that, like, men are still out here calling child support extortion, even if you owe $1.3 million of it. And I'm looking at you, Stevie J, like... million from 1998 till now. That is trash. That's almost my whole lifetime that you ain't been paying child support. Like, come on, bro. And, like, if you're gloomy, you can rest assured that someone is probably still out there disrespecting DJ Envy's wife while he's probably cheating on her. But, like, if only men considered cheating disrespectful but that's like another subject for another day and I'm probably gonna call my girl Jordan to talk about that because she has this amazing podcast called Dating in New York City and if you have not listened to it please listen to it because it gives you all the tea from every single angle aspect everything and if you're gloomy this is like a a beat one if you're gloomy You can rest assured that Rihanna is finishing the job that Instagram could not do with Snapchat. Like $800 million in stock loss because of one Instagram story. Black women are so fucking powerful. Like women of color are just so fucking powerful. Like they owe my sis a whole ass check. Instagram needs to give her like some stock, some ownership, something in that damn company because with one fucking Instagram story not even like it wasn't even like 
a curated picture. It was just like some scribbles. She didn't even try to minimize the font. She just kept it with the same old classic font in white, like just put a black background on it. And that lost Snapchat a whole $800 million. Like who, your fave could literally never, maybe Beyonce, but like your fave could probably never fuck with Rihanna. Like, come the fuck on. And she owns her masters, bad bitches doing things. Like, come on. And then if you're out here gloomy, Lord, this gave me all the life. So my queen, my king, fucking Tiffany New York Pollard is getting a whole fucking exhibit at Think 1994. And the reason why she's getting it is I wish they were doing a commemoration of her bitch, you look like Luther Van Dross. But like her David's Dead <laughs> from Big Brother UK in 2016 is hilarious. I'm gonna play the clip for you in like two seconds. And like, my God, that shit was so fucking funny. So if you guys don't, aren't privy to like what happened with David's dead, basically it was when David Bowie died and I guess his ex-wife was on the show and she was kind of shaken up like, oh, David's dead. He died from cancer or whatever. But there was also a man named David Guess who was Liza Minnelli's ex-husband who was in the house, but she was, but he was also sick. So he was in bed sick for like a couple <laughs> for I guess a couple of days and New York thought that Liza Minnelli's ex-husband in the house had died not David Bowie <laughs> so she's going around the house screaming like oh my god David is dead David's dead and like all the house members are like what the fuck are you talking about like David is right here in bed and she's like no Dave like so-and-so told me that David is dead. Like, it was seven minutes of pure chaos. Like, no one knew which David was dead, who David was, how he died. Like, the fact that that, you know, the universe set that up in such an amazing way that it is just fucking hilarious. Like, the fact that David was sick around R.I.P. David Bowie, but around the time that David Bowie died, and then to have New York in that house knowing she's mad emotional, like, knowing she's an emotional person, just, like, girl, I'm so proud of her. And it's about time that she got her just due because there would be no Evelyn Lozadas, no Tammy Romans, no nothing without the foundation that New York laid. Like, when she snatched Pumpkin at the Flavor of Love finale for spitting in her face, I wish Twitter was around at that time because the think pieces would have been off the fucking hook. The memes would have been lit. It would have been everything. Like, I wish that Flavor like that flavor of Love crossed timelines with, like, Twitter. Like, oh, my gosh, I don't even understand how much of my life I would have gotten had I been on Twitter, had there been a Twitter at that time. But then I, I guess you can also say that we were able to enjoy it for what it was at the time because we had to speak about these things in person. We had to, like talking on the school bus on the way to school about, oh my God, did you see Flavor of Love last night? Oh my gosh, like Danger Smash the homies. Like that was a key key like it created so many friendships for me in high school like just hearing overhearing people at the lunch table talking about oh my god I was watching Flavor of Love or I think that was 
for the love of Ray J with Danger, who smashed the homies. But still, like, VH1 reality TV shows really just created camaraderie around, like, black people because we really didn't, after the 90s, we kind of didn't see ourselves. And so for us to get just unfiltered trash, especially as a teenager, that was everything to me because then it kept me from getting out, getting into fights. I didn't have beef with anybody. Like, I just used all the aggression for all the bitches I hated in high school. I watched the show and was like, yo, these I, I, I'm around these people every single day, but, like, I just know from their example that I don't want to get into some shit like this. So shout out to Tiffany Pollard for just breaking glass ceilings for like reality television. There would be no Real Housewives of Atlanta if there had not been a Tiffany Pollard. And had she not gotten rejected by Flavor Flav twice we probably would not be sitting here talking right now. She has given me the punchlines for my life. She has given me so much strength with the words, you think I give a fuck? Because I don't. That, yo, if you walk in, if you talking to like a fuck boy and he really trying you, walk away and say those words and girl, you will be living your best life. Saying you should have just sat there and ate your food. Girl, how many times have we had those moments on Black Twitter right now where people could just literally just shut the fuck up and then just keep their lives peaceful, serene, you know, tranquil, shea butter Twitter wouldn't be out here snatching edges. How many times have people gotten in trouble by not just sitting there and eating their food? Just sitting there and shutting the fuck up. And I just had to, like, shout out my girl Tiffany because... Thank God for her. And I'm going to play this clip in two seconds. And it's rolling now. Damn it, it's dead. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't do that. Well, they told me that David is dead. Yes. David. Yes. She said he just died, and I can't hold this in by myself. No. Where's David? Where's David? Where's David? That is so. Is it? Chill, chill, no, 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 chill. Chill, 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 chill. Tiffany. What? What's she doing, Tiffany? Tiffany, what? Don't, 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 don't say it away. Sit with me, sit with me. Why was she... Why was she... What did I do? You told her that David was dead with cancer. Yes, he is. He's in there, asleep. David, my ex-husband. I'm freaking out. There's nothing to freak out about. Angie has had some news. She's misunderstood the name. The name, the last name, that's all. Okay, guys, so if you heard that clip by Tiffany Pollard, you're probably like, bitch, what the fuck? Like, she's a goddess. She is our king. Like, fuck, like, all the Wakanda kings. That's our king. Like, for life, okay? Tiffany Pollard forever. But that's not why we're here today. We are here today because we have a special guest in the house. Um, We are sitting here with Carmen Rita Candelario. I pronounced that right, right? Yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> so she is the founder and creator of Hola Rita, which is an online publication for Dominican women, women of color. Like, the site is fucking gorgeous. I get my life every time I get there. I'm not, like, Dominican, but I be trying to pass. Like, when I... 
when Latinas, like, when the Latinx community, like, starts, like, outnumbering everybody, I'm about to just lie and be like, I'm Puerto Rican. Like, I'm about to lie. Like, I used to lie in eighth grade and people believed me. And I was like, I don't know how. Like, I want to be like, yeah, I'm Afro-Latina. Like, I'm an Amara La Negra. Like, I'm out here. Like, we come in different colors. So who knows if I'm not? I need to do my 23andMe, but I just don't want them keeping my, like... I have my ancestry waiting for me, and I'm a little scared about it. Really? I'm just scared they're going to be like, oh, you're 94% European. And I'm going to be like, wait, what? That's actually what I'm afraid of. Like... I don't really look like anything. Right. And I've been out here talking too much shit, like, about white people. And, like, if I am one of them, I'm like, girl, what the fuck? Like, I feel like I'm going to have, like, a get-out complex. Like, I'm going to start, like overcompensating like so I'm gonna start doing the shit that they didn't get out like oh my god I saw like Black Panther three times like because like I'm not racist (laughs) there's a lot of racism to go around in the Latinx community okay so talk about that because I am obviously black so whenever I see like the privileged like talk about like the Latinx community I'm usually seeing it from the point of view of like Afro-Latinas who like are really prominent on my timeline plus I really hear about it shout out to social media because I wouldn't even really know about these issues had it not been for like Twitter where like I see Afro-Latinas always like yo like I like we are black women and like we are like kind of ignored when it comes to like getting covers for like publications and stuff. And I remember one time a magazine named Beyonce like their Latina of the year. And I'm like, but she's not even Latina. I I remember that. And I was like, wait, what is happening? So explain that aspect to me, because I like in order to like really support all women of color, you kind of have to know the struggles of all women of color. So. I mean, I'll say it from my perspective because I'm a woman of color, but I am not black. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I definitely probably have African descent in me because we're an island and we're a melting pot, so we come from everywhere. But I can't really talk about their struggles. Mm-hmm. I can talk about what I learned from them. Mm-hmm. So when I came here, I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. That's number one. So like my identity is Dominican. I just happen to live in the States, which is like different than, let's say, a Dominican-American that grew up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm from Santiago, which is a small, well, it's the second largest town, it's like smaller than Santo Domingo, and it's a town that it's very, in Spanish we say classista, which it, it means like everything is related to class. Mm-hmm. And after I came here and I became exposed to all these different women and women of color and Afro-Latinas, like people that I didn't really see, even as Afro-Latina, I learned about Afro-Latina here and I was like, well, I have so many friends that are Afro-Latina, don't identify with it. Mm-hmm. Because even though we share an island with Haiti. Yeah, it's um, like completely it's separate. It's completely separated and somehow we're whither and better and it's that Trujillo complex, right? It's it's it, it yes, it is. I'm like, it is. See, I've been knowing, I've been yeah. reading. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> um, and and it's quite crazy. I was actually with a, a cousin of mine. Um, she looks like just like me, maybe a little bit darker. And we were with her dad, and he saw a couple like black women, and he made like derogatory comments, and he looks black. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are, is is this for real? Like, why why are we negating our blackness when we share an island with a country that's primarily black? And Haiti's like, on, Haitians are the truth. Okay, they, are they great. took their whole independence back, like a whole revolution. They were like the first black, like oppressed group to like, regain their own independence, mm-hmm. and like they're paying for it right now. Like, if you look at the state of the island, like it is basically a third world country because of the fact that they fought back 
Exactly. So. And the world neglected them. Exactly. Because they were black. And then didn't they give them cholera too? Like, wasn't that there? I think there was like a cholera thing. <laughs> don't quote me. Like, I don't have a legal team. I don't want no legal issues. So <laughs> don't me quote me. <laughs> but I'm going to like look up some shit. You do that too. Google is a bad bitch. That's my quote for today. <laughs> no, but when I went to so I went to FIT. I came to the states and mm-hmm. I went to FIT. And you know, FIT is a great school, but it's not necessarily that diverse, even though it's in New York. And it took me a while to realize just how whitewashed my American experience was because I was oh. so hard trying to fit in. And like, obviously, I wasn't a white girl, but. I wasn't really anything. Like, mm-hmm. as soon as my English got better, people were like, where are you from? And I'm like, well, I'm from Dominican Republic. Oh, you don't look Dominican. And I'm like, how am I supposed to look? Like, how am I supposed to right. look? Um, so I started to learn a lot. And I started to see that, like, all these women that uh, in my life that are black don't identify for Afro-Latina. And I've had conversations with them, and they struggle. And it's and of course they struggle because they've never been encouraged to, to embrace identify, their blackness. Right, their blackness, because then it's yeah. like you're kind of... Like, if you have a curly grade of hair, it's like, oh, you have bad hair. Or yeah, like, pelo malo, they call it. See, and I'd probably be like a nappy headed hoe if I went down. They'd be like, girl, here is a Dominican blowout. I would have no edges left. Like, girl, <laughs> they're Dominican blowouts. They might as well put a blowtorch on your head and like just try to comb it because they're my crazy. hair is on fire. Like, that's why I couldn't go back. I was like, honestly, I love y'all, but I can't. No, no. <laughs> And, and it's crazy just how much of our uh, self-worth is it's attached to how hair. we look and, and our hair. And just the bouncy, the straighter, yeah. anything that doesn't resemble black, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean? Like, we come from slaves. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we're a melting pot. Like, my hair is not straight for a reason. Like, I'm right. not Spanish. And, you know, and then I started to notice just, like, all the shows that I've been watching, I was like, oh, my God, I've only seen one type of Latina. Exactly. I like the J-Lo's, seen, but yeah, she's Puerto J- Rican, so that doesn't count. But, like, yes. she's <laughs> she's still, like, the like the Latina representative exactly. when you're like, oh, Latinas. Yeah, and, like, I mean, the, the same way there are, there are white Latinas, there's black, and there's, like, so many hues and beautiful hues. And mm-hmm. I started to realize that I... Um, related better to black culture like mm-hmm. I was like I found myself like I feel so comfortable with you and I feel so comfortable with other my black sisters and it's like I feel so much better I feel understood I feel mm-hmm. like we have we share different struggles even though I recognize my privilege and the fact that I don't look black mm-hmm. and it took me again it took me a while to see like the dynamics as soon as I got out of college I was like well I can tell that like my physical appearance has a positive effect in people but my friend that's equally as qualified doesn't get called back mm-hmm. or she has a different last name that doesn't get called back mm-hmm. or she's not really accepted as much because she hangs out a lot with her African-American friends. And it's like, what is going on? Like, right. We have way more in common than I have with, you know, white America. If we say it like that. But we're taught to. We're taught to like assimilate into that in order to, to in. like, oh, if you like, if you like, you know, watch Friends. Honestly, Friends is a popping ass show. I'm not even going to front. But, like, if you, like, dress a certain way, it's like the respectability politics is, like, you, is them telling you to assimilate into, like, white culture, if that's a thing. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what white culture is because I don't, I don't know. I don't but, um, yeah, like, that whole, like, push to assimilate. Like, I feel like a lot of, like, West Indian and, like, Caribbean 
like parents, like first generation, like immigrants come over and they're like assimilate into American culture, which is essentially whiteness, like assimilate as much as you can into whiteness and then you'll be able to succeed. But like right now, black culture is culture. Like black culture is pushing the needle on what culture is. And like, I feel like the whole um, Afro-Latino conversation, I feel like it's becoming really, really big now because of the fact that there's the Amada La Negras mm-hmm. out there. Like, no, I'm not like, I'm black, like girl, I'm, she's darker than me, but she's Dominican. And I'm just like, yo, she wears her hair curly. I don't care what work she's had done on her body. I don't care. Cause she's out here sending like a positive message. Mm-hmm. It's like, it kind of started with Cardi B and she's like, yo, like the result of me is not two white people fucking. And then the Amadala Negras came along, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yes, okay, we need to have these conversations because, like, whenever I'm looking at, like, looking for or looking like, oh, like, Latinos are so amazing, like, the Latinx community is, like, so vibrant, and y'all make some bomb-ass food. Like, yeah. I'm not even finna lie. That's <laughs> also why I'm finna start passing because I need to be invited to the cookouts. Like, yeah, you can be honorary Dominican. Okay, that's fine yeah. because, like, technically, like, I think Black Twitter stopped giving out black cars, but I'm going to try to find you one, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And, and I mean, what we try to do with our site, because, I mean, I say we because we're a small team, and it, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of. Yeah. Um, we try to put out, like, diverse women in front of them. Um, because It's so relatable. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm getting my life from, like, the wellness with, um, I think... Was it Mabel Luciano? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yo, she's a doctor. She's like yeah. an exercise enthusiast. Like, if you have not read that, like, go to her site, olarita.com, and it's amazing. And they also publish their writings in Spanish, too. Yeah. Which is amazing because one of your contributors lives in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, still. so we, we're actually five, and um, four of them are in DR. Oh, wow. And me here, and then I have a couple contributors here in New York. But that's, I mean, that is one of our biggest selling points. Mm-hmm. Because, for example, like my mom and my mom's generation, not all of them speak Fluent Spanish. Yeah, no, English. Oh, okay. They don't even speak English. So when when I was putting together the site, I started to think about my mom, which is like, I love you, mom. I started to think about that. But then I was like, well, there's an entire generation that's that might not have had access to learn English mm-hmm. because that comes with privilege. And two, they might, they might not be fluent. They might relate better to the content. Um, and that's one of our biggest selling points. Like there was nothing out there that was in English and Spanish that represented Latina, you know, like the Latinx community and the women and Dominican women in a way that wasn't hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. That wasn't about looking pretty. And like if you go to, I mean, respect to them, but Latina.com, every time I go there, I'm like disappointed. It's like the Cosmo. It's like clickbait stuff. Uh. It's like it's... It's nothing. It's mm-hmm. like where's where's the death of us? Like where is everything that we have to offer? Yeah, like the um, meat and potatoes. And then I started I started to think about that and there's a new generation of, of Latinx women and then I was like, Well, you know, we come in different hues but we're also from different cultures and I want to create a niche. Like if I can talk to a woman, it'll be Dominican women because that's what I feel I can talk mm-hmm. and relate better to. So that's why I created a site that's formed by Dominican women, even though we post content. Like I featured you before in like the fall of Friday okay. and I feature women like of color from, from different places because it's something that we can relate to. Mm-hmm. But something that we definitely want to do is that when you go in, you know that the content is Dominican. It's right. decidedly Dominican. And I love the fact that it's like not, like even though with, Everything that's going on right now with, like, immigration and Trump mm-hmm. and all this stuff, it's not focused on that. It's, like, 
let's basically like fuck him, but there's like all these other great things to exactly. like. So like I can go on there and I can like, oh, this girl's a doctor and she's working out. Like, let me figure out how I can get snatched too. Like, oh, like um, you did, you went to the Melanated Travel mm-hmm. um, panel, which is like amazing because we need to travel. Like my passport is on the way. Like I, <laughs> I'm trash for not being an international traveler yet. But I'm getting there. Like, when you know better, you do better. So, but um, tell me more about that. So, like, what made you want to get more involved in, like, travel? Because I know you do, like, a lot of that on the site. It's actually actually how it started. So, it started as a, Olarita started as a personal blog, and I started to document the travel. But I always, the travel that I was doing mostly in the U.S. Because Mm -hmm. when I came here, I didn't know if I was going to stay. Just, like, the nature of it. Would I go to Europe? Would I go back home? Like, what do I want to do? So, while I'm here, because from the island, when you're traveling you usually have to go to even Madrid to go to places like Asia or whatever you have to fly to the U.S. and then go to to New York or Miami and then go to wherever you want to go which is very cost prohibitive so I was like well I'm here so I'm just gonna go ahead and travel so I went to Maine and I went to San Francisco and I went to um, Arizona and I documented all these things but Mm -hmm. it was with the intention to show my community um, and anybody interested that they could do it too Mm -hmm. like I wasn't traveling in first class I was I was staying at hostels like we based our travel on hostels like uh-huh. me and my friends I'm and, scared to stay in those no they're great okay because I'm like I just don't want to get bed bugs like I heard someone got bed bugs and I was like all the ones that I've been to it's like literally just like a like a low budget hotel but it's like even better because there's a sense of community and you uh-huh. can get like private rooms you okay because I'm like when you get bed bugs in New York you no. might as well have like an uncurable STD like nobody will <laughs> talk to you like they would just be like oh like oh you I have bed oh like let's let's no. meet three years from now like yeah. get your life together yeah, yeah. so no I want to travel so bad like it's so important it's it's it, especially to get out of the United States like when people yeah. like when people travel they're like wow I feel like I see how American I am and it's like I am scared to have that realization because I feel like I'm so not aligned with like mm-hmm. U.S. like custom like I'm not aligned with the U.S. like you know you know what I'm trying to say like the and what is it even like what is the identity of yeah people? like I feel like I'm not yeah I'm like I feel like I'm not like Oh, like liberty and like because I'm like I know that it's like somewhat of a falsehood. Well, it is a falsehood. Like we're not gonna play it safe. The here, marketing but is great. Like, U.S. marketing is amazing. I'm like yo, like let them run my Instagram because like I could just lie and just like it's the greatest country in the world. Like the land, like the free world. I'm like girl, what is free in America? Like besides homelessness, and that's not even free. Like what the f- so. But I'm scared to, like, go outside of the U.S. and then realize how American I am. And then just be, like, and then come back and be, like, scared to leave again. Like... I was a little I was a little scared about going to Asia. I went to Japan, like, a year ago, and it blew my mind. I want to go to Shibuya. It's such a weird <laughs> and fascinating place. And I was like, the world is so... I've not, so I'm the first one in my family to travel to Asia. Mm-hmm. Like, in, like, my generation. Um, and it was, like, mind-boggling. I was, like, t- texting my mom from China 12 hours ahead. And I'm, like, where am I? Like, this is insane. And just being exposed to all the cultures puts, you, puts everything into perspective. Mm-hmm. I think, like, that internationally has been my favorite trip. And then within the U.S., one that anybody that lives in this country should go is the Grand Canyon. 
That's West. West. I know it's West, but I'm just trying to think. Is it like Ari- See, okay, so I was thinking about Arizona because I was watching Way Into Exhale, and that's where it's like based. It's based in like Phoenix, Arizona. And it's like one of my favorite movies because it just seems so like, even though all their lives are completely fucked up, like one, like their man leaves them, another one doesn't really have like a sense of self worth, another one, her, like her baby's father was like bi, but now he's completely gay. He's like, no, I don't want you like at all. And then who, who else does that leave? It's a weird place. One is one husband leaves her. She's one's a hairstylist. One doesn't have a sense of self. Oh, and then one is just like dating married men, and like her mother places all of her self worth in her having a man. But they're like it's their lives are completely fucked up. But it's like the background of Arizona is so tranquil and peaceful. That I'm like wow, like I'm like it, maybe it, you could get a sense of like self in Arizona. That that's what you do because the I mean just you can drive three hours and then you're in a ski town and then you drive really yes you're in a ski town and then you drive up north more and you're in the north in the grand canyon which mm-hmm. is like the most mind-boggling thing like nothing compares to that you don't feel i mean you feel like you're literally nothing you're like i am so small i'm like all my problems are so insignificant that's how i feel when i'm high <laughs> i be like yo like i'm on this couch on earth in a universe like <laughs> I'm like, nobody. But then I start having a panic attack. <laughs> like, like I was like, oh, my God, I'm nothing. Like, my problems are nothing. But if I don't pay this bill, I'm not going to have lights. Like, that's how I feel. Can we talk about how expensive everything is in the city? Oh, yes. Um, I'm always down for New York City slander. So we can, like, who wants to go first? I'm always down. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling my friends, I was like, it's gotten more expensive. I, I was able to have such a blast on 20 bucks mm-hmm. 20 bucks don't get me like anything not even in the heights people are serving me like 14 dollars drinks in the heights and i'm like excuse me um what and then they're like bring your own bottle within it's like a 25 dollar corking fee and i'm like bitch like i bought this 3.99 <laughs> wine from trader joe's wine shop so i did not have to spend 25 dollars like, and then ugh. if you invite a big group, they're like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you, but it's going to be like $65 per person, and they have to consume, and that does not include tip. And I'm like... Right, and they add like a, like a minimum 25% tip. And I'm like, so your service can be shitty, but you know you're getting a tip because it's six or more people. And I have so many people from DR that are constantly texting me like, oh, how's New York? And like, I'm trying to move there. And I was like, whatever amount you're thinking, you're going to have to triple that. Oh, And have of a course. cushion on top of that. Of course. You're not finding rent for $500, $600 that, that's like livable. five years ago, though, you could, you which could. is crazy. You could. Now it's like, I'm like. It's like you need the vial of a grandparent. Like, you need an Ancestry.com receipt. <laughs> like, you need... To, like, donate your third-born child. You're in a low-entry like, job, but you need to be there for, like, three years and have steady income and have, like, 10K in the bank. You have to have <sighs> rent times whatever, like, 20, 30. 40% of the rent. And I'm like, who has I'm like, that? who want? I'm like, why am I living here? Like, And then the MTA makes everything. And then MTA, like, has the nerve to be, like... Oh, like, they had, like, some kind of, like, patience thing. Like, oh, like, would you, how can we better serve? Like, they asked, like, how could they better serve us? I'm like, stop run- like stop raising the fares every two years. I've jumped the subway every time I call the subway for two days now because I'm like, I'm on a strike. I'm not paying for a weekly pass. Like, if I go to jail, I'm just going to go to jail and y'all are going to miss the episode. But, like, hey, <laughs> it's about the principle of the thing, Okay. 
It's I live in Man- I mean I live in Manhattan in the Heights. No, I used to live in Harlem, and it was like I would leave my wallet at home some days because I'm like I am not spending money. You're bold. Like I would just, and then I would need something. I'm like shit. I left my wallet at home. I've left for work at like eight fifteen, and I don't get to the office until like nine thirty. And that's in crazy. Manhattan. I'm not even touching a body of water around the island. Of right. Manhattan. And it's taking me an hour to get to work to Midtown East. I and know like, it's a shitty place. And it's super gentrified what? up there now, too. Oh, my gosh. Like, someone, like, called the... Someone wrote, like, a, an article about the fact that, like, people are playing loud, like, reggaeton music. And I'm like, but you moved to the Heights. Exactly. <laughs> like, nobody <laughs> asked you. That comes with your rent. Right. <laughs> like, I remember, like, my roommate, she was like... <laughs> she was like, oh, my God, like... I thought that this was Clinton Hill. We live in Crown Heights, which is, like, also gentrified, but it's, like, l- a little less. And I'm just, like, all you had to do was look up the zip code to know that this was not Clinton Hill. Clinton Hill is three stops down, girl. Like, and so then she's, like, yeah, it's just, like, super dirty. And I'm, like, it's New York. Like, and then she's, like, really, like, she's white, but she's really nervous of, like, the guys, like, hanging out on the block. But I'm, like, this is what they do. Like, this is their livelihood. I don't know how they get money, but, like, they just, like, be out there. And then if you say hi, they'll start to look out for you. Like They don't want trouble. They really, like, don't. They're just, like, they just want to smoke their weed and catcall people. But then once you let them know, like, that's not going to fly with you, they'd be, like, yo, what's up? Like, oh, like, watch out for that pothole. I'm, like, I saw it. Thanks. (laughs) Like, you need to want to be a vested part of the community that you move into. And that's the difference between black people that move into neighborhoods and gentrifiers. Like, and also black people being relegated to a certain neighborhood. I feel like once you move in, I don't, I don't know. It's really complicated when it gets to like people of color moving into neighborhoods that aren't their own because Mm -hmm. we're typically relegated to a neighborhood because of price and availability. So I'm like kind of shaky about like I have so many friends that grew up in Washington Heights and now they live in the Bronx and like their or mm-hmm. their parents live in the Bronx because they it's so expensive it. yo that housing lottery is a godsend though like have you seen I, it I haven't met anybody that has won that I, I know one person they have a one bedroom in the Bronx so much natural light amazing for $945 what right no exactly I'm trying to like see. I'm not, I'm trying to be like their next of kin. So like, if they die, like I could get it. But <laughs> like, you didn't hear that for me. So, but we're gonna get into some questions and answers because um, we only have a little bit of time left, and I'm kind of sad about that. But um, people like, ha- I asked you guys to send me questions. I had a Q and A going, and. Um, you guys asked some really good questions. I'm trying to answer good ones. So, um, let's get into these. Okay, so I wanted to wait until we started recording because I wanted to uh, us both to answer these questions mm-hmm. because I feel like I really don't have the answers sometimes. I don't like people are like, oh, how did you get to like this? level of being like paid a paid quote-unquote influencer and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing I'm just out here living day by day but um someone asked um any advice for a part-time freelance journalist Ooh, my phone cut off looking to quit her nine to five and freelance full-time I would just say save your money yeah because 
I don't know where you live, but if you live in New York, like you need at least like six thousand dollars. I want to make it like a smooth ten so that you don't have to go back to work for like a good year and some change. Yeah. And you could also buy groceries and not have to like count your pennies and yeah. stuff. So like fifteen. Yeah. And then you'll be like safe. Right. And then when like how to quit your job, I would just tell them kiss my black ass. I've done that before. I'm like, you can kiss my black ass. And then some days I'm like, all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. And I just never come back. I've ghosted so many jobs. It's amazing. Whoa. It's been my like story. I think I need to teach a class though. Cause you need to be cool. Like, all right, guys, I'm gonna see you later. Check my bag. Like, yeah, I'm gonna see you later. I'm just gonna go get drinks with friends and you just never go back. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, but like that's when I lived at home, my mom. So she was just yeah. like, I'm just like right, and the unemployment was like lit. So, um, let's see. Next question. Oh, do you have any tattoos? I don't. I want to get two. Shoot. Okay, because I'm like someone asked me how many tattoos do you have and what do they all mean and why did you get them? I have seven tattoos, but some of the like some of them are like really like complicated so I'm just gonna say like the one the happy face on my wrist I got it on inauguration day when Trump got inaugurated because I was like this can't be the it was like a Carrie Bradshaw moment like this can't be the day I got broken up with on a post-it so it's like this can't be the day that Trump got inaugurated so I was like I just got a smiley face on my wrist because I'm like today was actually the day I got a tattoo so it's like fine it was a coping mechanism we all have our impulses right like we all have our impulses so um, and then someone asked Lorelai Black or Black Lorelai Seven. Hey, Lorelai, I love her. Um, she asked, "How did you realize that writing was a creative source for you? And do you also journal, or is your blog your main source of tracking your thoughts?" I think. Well, the idea of Olajita was born like many years ago, like when I was in college. I mean, it's not old, but. It was, like, when I was in college. She works in marketing now, guys. She's fancy. <laughs> yeah. uh, can't leave the job. Need the, need the paycheck. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> we all need that. But um, I started to talk with my journalist professor because when I came here, like, my English was trash. Mm-hmm. It was not that great. I sounded, like, very, very Dominican. And, which, which is, is a which good thing. I'm like, that's okay. a good thing. Because then but my accent, be like, oh, I don't even know yeah. what you're saying. So <laughs> don't talk to me. My, <laughs> my accent was very thick. And, you know, my writing wasn't as great because when you learn another language, like, you have to learn how to write in that language and that takes time and that takes a lot of reading and time and I I was talking to my journalist professor and I was like I got all these ideas and I want to write and and a part of me always wanted to be a communicator of some shape or form Uh and she was like yeah just take time just start reading just start writing and then I opened the site and that got me writing so I think like my the reason why my writing has gotten better is because I'm constantly writing for the website Uh I don't really have a journal outside of there I've only done it when I'm going through like a lot of shit I definitely get it down uh, somewhere and that helps a lot um but I want to create and and I don't have that and like that's the thing like you start to learn what works for you I want to create a habit where like I write a thing every day um and then I translate something every day as well or it can be like one day I do something and one day I translate but the website is the only place where I get my thoughts down and right now I don't really have an outlet to put all of my personal thoughts out there because I'm focused solely on the website and it's a brand it's a company it's a group of people so I want to make sure that what I'm saying doesn't just come from my perspective Mm -hmm. um but after we get a bigger team um 
I would love to go back to writing a couple more like personal notes because I mean that's the content that people relate to. Yeah. Like if you want to be a content creator, you want to put work out there, speak your truth, whatever that is. Right. It has to kind of be personal. It, it like has not to be. like oh my god, I went through a breakup and like my like left nipple fell off like yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, it happens to somebody out there. I don't know, but like, <laughs> but like it has to like you want it to be. You want it to be relatable because yes. that's what people are looking for nowadays. Like that's why like publish like print magazines are kind of like going the wayside because bloggers came in and snatched all that shit up because it's so relatable. Like you can sell things and like um, create content through relatability, which is something that I always try to go for. Which is kind of how I even grew my following. It's mostly it's mostly been like once Instagram stories became a thing, it was a wrap. Like. It was everything. It's like, it's so much fun because you get to like talk shit, but then it goes away. And like, unless someone's taking a screenshot, like. Because everything is now on the feed. So you need to make sure that it looks good. So you can't be putting rants in there. But thankfully we have the stories. Right. Which is amazing. So like for me, like creative writing has always been like my thing. Like I used to write stories in my notebooks, like fiction stories, but then I would like leave them because like it got boring trying to connect all the points. So I would like I was always writing. Um, do I journal? I try to journal when I'm happy, but then I usually only end up journaling when I'm sad because yeah. I don't know. And it's like I really hate journaling when I'm sad because it's like annoying because it's like you're rehashing all of that shit. But then it also helps because then helps you can so look much. back and be like, yo, I was a psychotic bitch. Yeah. So what the I've, fuck? I've looked back. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why was that? What? I was like, why was I with this guy? And like, what? Like, why was I upset about this? Why like, was I upset? Was like, okay, he didn't buy me cheese fries. Like, why did you cuss him out? Like, what? So, um, I definitely think journaling is therapeutic, but I want to be more consistent and do it when I'm happy too. Because mm-hmm. looking back on journals full of sadness is kind of trash. And then we have another question. I'm not saying people's names because I don't know if they want me to say their names, but you guys will get a message if I read your question on here just so you know to, like, listen out. But someone asked, do you have a degree? If so, uh, a degree in what? I do not have a degree. I went to Northeastern for two years, and then I dipped the fuck out. I did not know. I just moved to New York. I was like, (laughs) Because I was interning. I created, like, this is, like, a little-known fact, but, like, I low-key created my own internship at Lionsgate. Like, I would just show up every week and be like, I'm here. <laughs> like, so I was Amazing. interning, quote-unquote, at Nurse Jackie. I would just literally catch a bus to New York and be at the studio at, like, 7 in the morning. Like, what's goody? Like, I'm here. Like, let's go do some returns. And then I would come back to New York, or come back to Boston go to school, and then I was working at, like, Brandy Melville at the time. And I was like, I can't live here anymore. Like, the fact that people thought my job was cool, like, oh, my God, you work at Brandy Melville? I'm like, I need more to life. So I don't have a degree, but you do have a degree because she went to FIT. Yeah, I went to FIT for advertising and marketing communications. Which is is exactly what, wow, she's, like, one of, like, 0.5% of the people out there using their degrees in their work. Like, that's amazing. Honestly, I can't tell you the first thing that I was like, oh, I remember when I learned this. 
it's because it's, it's kind of just like off the dome it's not i mean i see college as like what prepared me as a person not really mm-hmm. like academically like yeah sure my writing got better i was exposed to really cool people like but it, it was really like going through it uh meeting people networking yeah like what i heard from them was more important than when I was like jotting down and like like walking. like tests like, and like ripping your hair out for nothing, finals. Nothing really prepares you for being out there. And I don't know. I mean, shout out to educators doing a good job. But I, I mean, I had good teachers, but I can't tell you that I've applied everything I've learned. Not at all. I mean, I forgot most of it. It's just you learn it as you New go. New York is its own kind of college because. Yes. Like, just moved to New York for, like, two years. And if you can survive yeah. that, you can then do you're basically ready to work. But then what will happen is that you'll get spoiled because here you have takeouts 24-7. You have the best food. Yo, you the have bod- the best I could never move because my bodega man is so lit. Like, yo, he knows. Oven, goat, turkey, on a hero, <laughs> cheddar cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, pickles, slight red onions, no salt, no pepper, no vinegar. Thank you. <laughs> like, I love my bodega because it always has plantains. So. Like the plantain chips yeah. or like, like no, like, fried like real plantains. Oh, like see. for me to make the mango or like to fry them, they're always across the street. If I need a lemon for certain things, oh, but you do too. live in Washington Heights. I'm like, they don't be doing that shit in Brooklyn. They just be like, bitch, I'll never move to you want a chopped cheese or not? <laughs> like that's what we got. <laughs> they got plantain I, chips. I, I, I find. Else. Brooklyn interesting but I would never move I'm like when people are like oh you're so up there and I was like and it's the best like I have a goddamn park next to me that I can like I have walk. a park well I, for, you have Fort Tryon Park and you have the Cloisters no I like I have like Brower Park and it's like old people do like Tai Chi there it's <laughs> inspirational because they're old black people and I know they own something and I'm trying to talk to them so they can rent me something for like six hundred dollars like help um, me out networking you know i'm trying to like network like oh hey sister shirley what's up hey auntie (laughs) like yeah new york spoils you and like just like you're exposed to so many people like last week i had a meeting literally every single day with people that i met at events Mm -hmm. or that i reach out to because like people are down to collaborate and there's like everything is here so if you can come here and do one or two years like build your network and then get the fuck out. People also think you're popping when you live in New York. Yeah. So if you try it's to reach like, out to businesses oh, that aren't that. in New York, like they're like, oh my God, you live in New York. You're so. And I'm like, <laughs> my family's always you know. like, oh, but she's doing so well. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also like carrying three bags of groceries by myself on the train. Up 17 I'm, flights of stairs because the elevator is broken. People don't understand just how hard it is. And it's Instagram so is not making anything better because people look like they're living a dream. And it's like, I'm sorry, sister, this is not a dream. Like, bitch, I ate lettuce with no salad dressing two nights ago that's a lie but (laughs) it's happened and like one time a homeless man stole my Popeyes on the train like oh you guys want to hear that story before we go okay oh my god New York slander story numero uno because shout out to my Latinx community you know what I'm saying (laughs) but um yeah so like one time I was working like this shitty job in little Italy and I'm I'm convinced that man was in the mob like I know it because when we were closed like these like big Italian guys would like come Mm -hmm. in and they would like go to like this secret room I'm not trying to get killed so never mind strict that from the record (laughs) okay but um like I remember they canceled my shift that day and so I was like cool I'm about to go home and like 
lunch blackish and clean my room. I'm about to go to Popeye's, you know, get me a number three special, blah, blah, blah. And so I got on the train and then there was like this like homeless guy like sitting like in the homeless seats on the MTA. If you know what I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about if you live in New York. Like they sit on either end of the train because they know like it's smelling rancid. So I was sitting there minding my own business. I don't know what I was into. I was like bopping. And he just walked straight up to me and is like, can I have your food? And I was like, what? Like, I had just moved to New York, like, a month before, so I didn't want to rock the boat, and I didn't know how to handle it. You mean, and now I'm like, if you don't get the fuck out of my face, I will stab you. But, like, innocent, like, just fresh off the boat, you mean, I was like, <sighs> I just looked around, and everyone was looking at me like, girl, you going to do it or not? And so I, like, <laughs> I just handed him my bag. I was, like, so annoyed. And then this motherfucker sits across from me and opens the box and sniffs the food as if it's bad and then looks at me as he eats it. And I literally went home to eat kale. And then I was like, I can't do this. So I went to C-Town, which is trash, bought some cinnamon rolls and then burnt them by accident. So I went to sleep hungry. I burned it. But my mind was just so boggled that like, this is insane. I just like, I burned some cinnamon rolls that I didn't even want because I spent money on Popeye's for a reason. I got my purse stolen like first month that I was here with pretty much everything but my glasses and my passport thank god oh my god and my phone would because I was I was talking on the phone that's when it got stolen at a thrift store oh never and I I had like no credit cards here because like everything I brought from the DR it was my parents were not happy not my finest moments to call my dad to tell him that all the money and the cards and everything that he sent is like gone so I had like no money and that's Nothing. like the worst, having no money in New York. Because then you really got to strategize. Like you stay, you just I don't know. I have to stay in all the time because it's like who has the money? I I, I don't know. Please tell me how are you living that Instagram life? Because I I, I do the math and it's not. And it's like y'all stop calling me to hang out to go out to eat. Like you're not my God, I'm probably and nobody got money to hang out five times a week. Like my God. Like, that's why I only see my friends, like, every three months. That's, like That's why I carry three bags and one of them is a lunchbox. Like, like when? Three meals. Because, like, who has money? Like, people that eat out every day, I'm like... I'm like, that's not realistic. That's not realistic. That's I'm just sorry. not realistic. How much do you have in your bank account? $13? Like, that's... Some, they scamming. Because it's a lie. But... That is the conclusion of this first episode. I'm so excited. But tell the people where they can find you. Obviously, com. And we're the same everywhere on Facebook, on Twitter, even though it's brand new. But I would love for you guys to follow us there, too. And on Instagram, Olarita, too. And all of that will be in the show notes. So thank you so much. No problem. We got to go hang out and get yeah. something to eat. Yeah. Had a bodega, probably. <laughs> right. Chopped cheese on me. So... <laughs> Have a good night, guys. Bye.